Hey, this is Gad Sancic, the lead boss on the Revenue Accelerator podcast. And today I have Suzanne Castle. Now, you guys know that I like to bring the best to the show. And Suzanne is one of those people. She's an internationally known speaker, best selling author, and a creative coach who helps people show up brilliantly and joyfully, right? There's a key there in the world. Now, she helps them create customized strategies that help them, that they can repeat over and over so that stuck is never the furthest they go. Absolutely. How many times have we heard someone say that, say that they feel stuck and they are stuck? Well, that's her superpower. She helps these leaders like you and I live life with intention, verb, and joy. Remember that word verb. It's really important. She'll know, you'll hear about it in just a little bit. Suzanne has been featured in the some of the largest uh, screens that you can see and some small screens too, from TV to movies to stages, and is now a sought after and a highly desired keynote speaker to share about imagination and joy in life, in business, in all things of who you are Suzanne thank you for making the time today holy cow could you just follow me around all the time and just introduce me because holy moly thank you for making me sound so cool thanks Kat I'm so glad to be here accomplishments so (laughs) thank you thanks so I know that um I mean obviously so I remember this I remember when we met a long time ago Mm-hmm. I remember thinking this is the only person in the world who could get away with using glitter and sparkle. <laughs> and because most people I would like highly advise, like I'd probably even take my personal clients and be like, you know, I don't know. That's a bit whatever, but you embody just life. So how did you come to do what you do and what's your joy and verve and motivation? Well, thanks so much. And yes, I know, unless you're like Lisa Frank and you're targeting, you know, fourth grade girls, it is really hard to get away with like all the sparkly things. But for me, my last name being Castle, it started when I was really young. My parents didn't have any money. Uh, My birthday's December 23rd. And so they tried to delineate my birthday. And so I would wear a tiara and they didn't have any money. So it'd be a cardboard tiara with a bunch of glitter on it. And I'd wear it all day long. And eventually, of course, all the glitter fell off and I left a little trail and everyone was covered and from an early age people would just tell me thank you for helping me sparkle a little bit and it just stuck and because I focus so much on joy and imagination and creativity and not to say that bad things don't happen because I have had my share but that that is not where you always want to remain so really I think for me that's how I get away with it I guess is the gut is the best way to say that is because because, you know, I probably sweat glitter. I don't know. I mean, but but I just feel like it's confetti and glitter are really hard to get off of you. And every time you see them, hopefully there's a good memory attached there and a reminder that, that what you're going through in this moment isn't all that there is in front of you. I love that because really, when is glitter associated with a negative experience? I mean, I haven't been to too many funerals where glitter was very present. Right, 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 right. That's exactly right. Um, You know, and and a lot of what I love about what you're what you're sharing and 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 what you do with your clients has everything to do with finding that sparkle, finding that joy, finding those things, those moments, those celebratory aspects. Because really, isn't that from from those energetic spaces that we can really make a lot of leaps and bounds. Not to say we don't learn from those negative experiences, but we don't really grow necessarily, um, you know, from them. Sure, it's it's the the manure, if you will, right? <laughs> help us grow. But really, it it really is that we're, like the glitter is the seed, right? We are right. that that embodiment. 
What do you see being that thing that keeps people stuck, right? Because you do a lot of work around that. I do. And that's when people usually find me. They're in conflict. They've had some communication snafu. A CEO just has been fired for, you know, God forbid, embezzlement. And lo and behold, these companies come up with like, we don't even know like how to show up tomorrow. Like we don't know what to do. And so I think some of the things that I see are that people assume that that one moment is defining everything about them. And maybe it's because I come from the entertainment world. Let me tell you and your listeners, our memories are super short. Like, just think about um, any star that has had any kind of really terrible negative PR, yep. and it it is easy to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some pretty yeah stuff that people have done. If I think back on, I'm like, wasn't he or she involved? Oh, right, God, they're doing fine. <laughs> yes, and and but I think when we're in the middle of it, it's all that we see, and if it is all that you see, so will everyone else. And so part of the work that I do is trying to re- to help people recapture a stunning vision that allows them to really pursue life and business with successful intention making, meaning that if, if it hasn't worked, well, then we're just going to leave that behind and we're going to try some creative solutions instead of what you were doing that got you into this moment. And usually that's centered around priority making because I think um, in those moments, especially when people hire me, they're in crisis and everything seems urgent. But right. guess what? Everything can't be urgent all the time or you have no priorities. And if you have no priorities, you can't go after your goals. And if you're not going after your goals, you have zippity doodah, nothing kind of extraordinary vision happening. So yeah. it all goes together. So how much of your background helped you do what you do? Because, you know, there's been a lot of interesting people. I, you know, when you're um, an eclectic personality like me, <laughs> Right? We tend to attract other eclectic personalities, right? Yes. We are the too much yes. um, of the world, which our audience loves us for. So what was what's your too much story that helps you do what you do? Well, honestly, I think part of that is that I, I for a long time, was in audition spaces where I was told, you're too short. I'm five, two and a half. Uh, will you dye your hair? No, I will not. I still don't dye my hair. This is my hair. Um, your eyes are too blue. I don't dye mine either. Yeah, I love it. You know, um, your eyes are too blue, or you, um, you know, you're too thin. You're too fat. Uh, you're too loud. You're too soft. And so from that, you learn pretty quickly what you want to stick on you and what you don't. Mm-hmm. And so um, I took that in and began my entertainment work in all sorts of different kinds of spaces from dance to theater to, you know, screens, those kinds of things. And then in the middle of that, the golden child in my family, my brother David, who was in between me and my other brother, was killed in a terrible car accident, was supposed to, was on on the trajectory to go be a doctor with NASA, you know, those kinds of person. I'm the redheaded stepchild. I mean, I am redheaded. I'm not a stepchild, but I am the redheaded stepchild. And, and it really made this kind of trajectory of my life need to change because everything was ripped out from underneath my family. And so I had to decide, am I going to continue to live for my own self and um, have people recognize me when I walk through the airport? Or am I going to go back to my roots, go back to my family, figure out what my values really need to be, and then understand how to construct a life out of those values? And so that really prepared me. All the things that I've gone through have prepared me for this moment because honestly, there's just not a lot I haven't seen from businesses or people that come my way. I'd be like, ah, 
okay, we've got a success story here. You're going to be fine. But it just doesn't feel fine when you're in the muck and the mire. Yeah. So what have you seen be different between, because you've worked with individuals and, you know, small, medium, even large, yes. well, internationally known kind of companies. Mm -hmm. And they come to you mostly for the same thing. So what is that thing that they're coming to you for? And do you see a difference in how you approach each of them in terms of leadership? Because we think of leadership in terms of an individual, but not always in terms of a company. Right. Well, I, I would say that um, the battle that I see, and I, I mean, and it's a battle that mm -hmm. people are fighting or companies are fighting. Um, it's it's all fought in the mind, yeah. and or your or your values. So your values should never change. Your um, you know your vision changes. Your mission on how you're forward facing to your clients might change, but the values that you hold as an organization and internally, they should never ever change. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's so important to believe in yourself, in your company, what it's trying to do, the abilities of the people that you have around you. And so when when what I see show show up over and over is that it starts here, and and it has to start with a mindset reset from everybody top down and bottom up. And so and and I think that that shows up in doubt. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of lack based thinking going on, and that could be around you know intelligence or resources or capability or market factors. But um, as I, you know, I, I will bring on the Disney for a minute. You know, if you have a dream in your heart, you can achieve anything. I really and truly believe that. And I think we, we just allow the world to dim our sparkle and rip apart our heart. So we forget that we really do have what we need uh, and replace that kind of self-defeating story we're telling so that we can do those great things in the world. I, I love that. I mean, there's so much depth to that quote because it's, it's the dream in the heart, not the dream in the mind. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I know you work a lot with mindset aspect of things and how people show up. So yep. like, and, and, and you talked a little bit about priorities and things like that, but you know, where, where are people not understanding the power that they have within themselves? So recently I was, I heard a quote saying, you know, I was, I was reading some things and all that. And I used to say, you know, um, the abundance is coming my way, tuning into that and, and things along those lines, or this is coming my way or that's coming my way. And then I had a conversation a little while back and it was, it's not that things are coming your way. It's that they already exist within you. And are yep. you willing to let them out so yep. that you can receive more of them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about, I mean, I, I will answer your question in a minute, but I think about you doing the Tough mutter, Right. And the lessons that you learned for your own self yeah. about showing up in the middle of adversity when, when the entire universe was telling you, you know what, just, just don't do this. Like, let's do this another time. You said, zippy the lippies. I'm going to go do this even if I have to do it by myself without my team by my side. <laughs> Right. And that's what I'm saying. And so when you begin to see what you can do, it, guess what? The universe rises up to you and says, well, it's already been, you know, it's, it's already been here. The right, Wizard of Oz, right? We have the ruby slippers. And at the end, you know, the power was within her all the time to go home. She just didn't know it. And when she was ready, then it was there. And so I think what, what some of the work that I do is when I'm getting people ready to kind of move from that space, um, we start questioning and attacking. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we start with doubt and lack. So, for example, I will say things like, okay, is what you're thinking or seeing or sensing or feeling, you know, individual or corporation, is that really true? Show me the data. 
So we start with data keeping, which doesn't sound like a creative thing to do at all, but math can be creative. I mean, I guess I don't do math, but I hear it's creative. It solves a lot of problems. Right. It does. And oh, when you, that was a pun. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And, and then when you see the data, then we look and go, okay, now is this logical? Is what we're thinking and feeling and sensing and seeing, is it logical or is it a moment? Is it really emotional or is there information that tells that that's true? Because what I find is most doubts are simply exaggerations that are really based in fear. And if we can start there and go, here is where we're afraid. The bear is trying to eat us. Then we can go, great, what's the path to get away from the bear? But until we rise up and we figure out what those are, we can't even begin to boost our confidence and we can't even focus on the big picture. Because until you begin to kind of dissolve that little nugget, nothing else is going to matter. So that's that's where we start. You know, is is this true and is it logical? And do you have information telling you the, the answers to both of those? Yeah. And, and, you know, I've seen this, I've experienced it as, you know, let's say you get over that first hurdle. I mean, so akin to the tough mutter, there's always another obstacle, right? Right. Right. right, right. What helps empower someone to continue to kind of climb and duck and dive and, you know, jump in and all this other stuff into the obstacles of life, which, you know, from the experience, I know most of it has everything to do in your mind and not, not much to do with the physical presence of obstacles in front of you. Right. How do you keep motivated to keep going when everything like you were talking about in front of you says, eh, maybe you should take a break? Right. Well, there's actually two things that I think that have worked for me and, and, and I, that I see work for my clients. And, and the first one is pattern interruption. Mm. Meaning that um, when you are in kind of a fear chaotic space as a person, as a business, then um, all of the information that comes in gets looked through the lens of fear or lack. And therefore, you will make decisions out of that. When what you really need to do is probably go play top golf as a team. Or you need to go, everybody goes to the Bahamas, like when we can do those sorts of things again. Or, you know, or or even everybody go to the zoo. Or we, we, we get Play-Doh in the middle of the table and we just create for no other reason. You've got to interrupt the pattern so that you can see a way out. So that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing that I would say is that when you're in that moment and you just don't feel like you can do anything, get physical. So, you know, like really do, um, you know, I'm a child of the eighties, so get on your Olivia Newton, John, get physical, you know, soundtrack. I know that it was and, and, and get up and do something. So have a dance party, go for a walk, um, do some deep breathing. And, And even as a whole staff, because then what you're doing is you're pushing all of the emotion, all that adrenaline down into the lower parts of your body and you're allowing your brain to catch up. Mm. instead of just being in reaction phase. And it is amazing, just those two simple things, which don't, I mean, you know, I just gave you, you know, I'm shaking my moneymaker for you. And, um, you know, people pay me big bucks to come in and say that, but it's true. Like those are two easy things that don't cost anything unless you're doing some kind of grand adventure that you could really do. So play, (laughs) right? Play and get active. Has nothing to do with your quarter, your bottom line, any of that. Literally don't do any of that. Throw that out the window. Play and get active. And and I think once you begin to do that, you create this unstoppable momentum that then allows you to kind of ride that wave to look at things a little bit differently. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I love that. I was having, I keep referencing, I was talking about this the other day. Anyway, um, someone had asked me something similar in terms of, you know, what's in, in the moment where everything is kind of chaotic, right? Which is right. complete lack of control and people are in this very reactive state. 
how do you get connected to the thing that you're doing, your purpose, your passion, your mission, getting back and doing the things. And I was like, you got to disconnect. Yeah. It just seems these opposites, right? If you want to disconnect, if you want to connect, you've got to disconnect. If you want to go faster, you've got to slow down. Yep. Right. Are there any other of these dualities that you've experienced with your clients where, you know, it's kind of that, like they're pushing against this brick wall and you're standing there and being like, just walk around. (laughs) Right. Well, I I would say the one that I say is, um, if you want, if you, that we have way too many to do's to get to, to da. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for that's that duality is if you're constantly keeping like my partner, Brian, just keeps a constant ongoing to do list. I can think of nothing more problematic than that, because even if you're like, well, I'm capturing the information. Yeah, great for you. Awesome. Gold star. Except that your brain then continues to do a ticker tape on the bottom of your mm-hmm. of, of your sanity. Mm-hmm. And it's just always like there's another thing. There's another thing. There's another thing. There's another thing. And you're never able to catch up. Literally, your brain, our, our brains are amazing. But our brains are literally never get a moment to just be and help us be creative and see the possibilities around us because they're constantly working on the 8,000 things on your to-do list. Yeah. And so, you know, when, and so we try to multitask because we think it's going to get more things done, which it never does. Monotasking is the only way. And, and keeping that ongoing list actually makes us more unproductive than productive. It is, it's a terrible thing to do. So we have to understand urgent and priority and design a schedule that allows us to work in those moments, either with time blocking or whatever, and not keep everything always in front of us as the next thing to do. Cause you will never get to ta-da ever. Yes. The glitter area of That's right. happiness and mindfulness and presence and enjoy and everything like that. Where are you seeing people, especially leaders, right, kind of missing the boat in terms of really their roles and their responsibility when it comes to embodying an effective leader versus the conceptualized idea of what a leader should be? Uh, Actually, I see that mostly in the communication realm. Mm. So I think that, um, you know, I think people think that uh, to be a leader and connect, that that's a natural born talent. It's not. It can be learned. You can train yourself and because connection will always equal influence. And so if you're feeling kind of disconnected from your people, then I would say, well, you've lost your influence there. So how do you get that back? Well, the first thing is you need to listen way more than you are. Quit spouting and start listening because they, they will tell you where things aren't connecting correctly, where things are itching a little bit, where they're beginning to see things drift a little bit if you just shut it. They will tell you. But the problem is, is that we walk in with our assumptions, right? I, I already know what all of you need to know, right? Or we walk in and we say, um, I am arrogant. I am the biggest, most important person in the room, so you have to listen to me. And when we come in, even we like put that energy out. I know this is a little woo-woo, but it's true. No. And people automatically stop listening if that's the posture you're taking. And you may not even realize that that's what you're doing. So so if you're not able to come in and build common ground and say things like, okay, before we start the meeting, let's make sure we all know why we're here. Go around the table and say, why do you think you're here? Why do you think you're here? It is an interesting way to find out if people really understand why the meeting has happened, what the common goal is that you're going for, and why they literally have to be in the room at that moment. It is incredible to do that one simple little thing. That's, I mean, I, you know, go back to my corporate days and think of all the t- meetings that I really didn't need to be in, you know, right. needed to have a meeting to have a meeting kind of situation yep. and that miscommunication of, wait, what are we really here to do? And then spending, you know, just kind of these 
crossing in the night kind of situations. And the, you know, and I'm looking at people who are vested in doing the work. And now if we're talking about employees who are just there to do their nine to five, right? Yep. Like, which is yep. not wrong because everyone, we need people to do that. Correct. Now we're wasting that time and we're wasting our resources. Right. Um, really, right. really I am in spaces all the time where I'll make them answer that question and literally like I'll ask the leader ahead of time let's let's make sure we all know why we're going to be in the meeting and they'll tell me one thing and we get out of the meeting even with five people and no one said that one thing and I'm like boom here we go now I have something to work with data remember data so now I have data to work with that will tell you we have a communication problem here and and maybe you had the wrong people in the room to do the thing that you needed to get to meet about and to get like the strategy that you use there because I don't know that everyone listening really understands what you actually did which is so I'm a fix-it person I try not to all the time but it is (laughs) modality of mine. It's just it's just how I operate because someone lays a problem at my feet. I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. We take it apart, put it back together. It's a very consultant approach to it. Yes, I love it. But what you did was you went in and right? Yes. You, you, fixing. you said, hold on, let me, you know, very socialist, not socialist, um, sociologist, sorry. <laughs> socialist, um, kind of approach in terms of observation, taking in data, and then trying to understand what needs to be supported and quote unquote fixed versus kind of going in and throwing a hammer at things. Not that I do that, but (laughs) there's a lot of people who approach that kind of process in that way. And so the power of, again, slowing down so that you can make more progress because you really understand the lay of the land and what's going on and where, you know, we can make assumptions of, oh, you know, you told me you're a great communicator. Like we can't take that at face value because sometimes we think we're really great at something that we're actually not. Yeah, I have mute because my dogs are agreeing with you right now, Kat. They're like, yes, preach it, Kat. Preach it, keep going, preach keep it. Going, keep, keep going. Put the soapbox back. <laughs> no, no, but, but it is so true because, again, if we think that we know, mm-hmm. that is the problem. Yeah. That we think that we know. Well, it's the assumption, right? So we know that the saying goes, is, you know, when you assume you're making an ass out of you and me um, and really trying to look at, um, I think part of the thing that a lot of leaders don't do is, especially in the corporate space, um, you know, people are ascending the ladder, right? And so they're going to their next level. Now, in most companies, you're promoted to the next level of ineptitude, meaning you don't really know what you're doing after you get promoted. You know what you're doing before, but now you got promoted into this next level and you're kind of being like, you got to figure out how to be a leader. And so people, again, default into that reactive state and they don't really take, um, you know, they don't truly understand what a team is. So a lot of people see it as I'm the leader. I'm going to delegate to you and tell you what to do. How do you go in? I mean, have you experienced that in companies as being a big problem? Oh, it's a huge problem. And I and what I like to do is remind people that you're not a leader if nobody's following you. Mm. And so the, or if you're dragging them behind you, <laughs> you're still not a leader, right? You know, I mean, you're, yeah, no. And, and I think the um, important thing, especially when you're looking at your org chart, right, is when someone is promoted, then that's the time to say, okay, let's start asking some different questions. Meaning that, oh, what skills or knowledge do you need for this? Mm. Do you have them or not? Like you might have all of the leadership qualities, but maybe you need to learn a new software, Right. And you can't just like show up at a desk one day and then, okay, so what do we need to do to get you to the point where we can utilize all these things that we saw in you to give you in this position? Let's make sure that you, that you have what you need to be successful, which is a different way of leading someone, putting them in front of you and saying, I want you to be successful. 
What do you feel you need to be successful? And let's make that happen. I love how, um, you know, I think it's Target and, um, maybe Amazon, um, I think Starbucks, they're really investing in their, their company with education saying, you know, um, we will pay for a two year degree in whatever field has nothing to do with us because we're invested in you succeeding and all the things that you're doing will bring us to a better place together. That's leading, right? It's not, Oh, now, now you have your new desk. So go, go figure it out, which is what so many leaders do. Well, and so as exactly the point that I'm so we're so synced up because I was going to say exactly that same thing in terms of you've got these bigger box retailers and very established, you know, companies who billions, right? We're talking about mm-hmm. the people yeah. investing in their people. But the thing I think that I see a lot of times in terms of the gap that a lot of small business and micro businesses and yep. medium sized businesses are missing is that they're not doing that. They're not right. investing in their people because it's seen as a cost center right. as an opportunity for return on investment because of the higher, you know, and it's not necessarily that there's, there's higher churn or anything like that. Right. Um, it really comes back to that, that you made this statement. I had to write it down um, and it was the power within you. Yeah. And but also not just within you, but the power within each of the people who supports your company, right? Because we are talking about revenue acceleration for businesses. So looking at not just what is the power within you, but what is the power within the people who support your vision and your mission? Right. I was just in the room um, with someone, and I don't want to say who that is because I don't necessarily have the permission, but they were, but they were talking, we were talking about animation. And um, so there's this person who has nothing to do with animation and went with his friend to a, to a job fair for animators because he didn't want to go by himself. And he was like, yeah, I'll go with you. Da, da. So his friend was talking to the company that I, I don't feel like a name because about a job and meanwhile the friend is standing off to the side and and at another table this person was said well what do you do he's like oh well I work in cybersecurity, and I'm just here supporting my friend who wants an animator job and the other company who was a rival of the other company other company said do you know how many cybersecurity people we need in animation for our business, just think about what happened to Sony. We don't want that to happen again. We will hire you right now today. So the friend who was an animator went to an animator job fair, but the friend in cybersecurity is the one that got the job. So why am I saying this? Because that person was just like saying all this thing, but the leader behind the table was listening, listening for the success points to say, wow, we could help this person be successful and they will help us because they were listening to what that person did and the value that they could bring to the organization. How many of us do that every day? We're just too busy saying our own stuff. Right. And we're not listening to how someone could help serve us and how we could add value to them. Success points. Like, yes. Really, like, tell us a little, like, did you come up with that concept? I mean, is that like, I mean, it sounds very you. Um, and <laughs> But like, it's just, it's so smart, succinct, and it's such an easy thing to kind of latch onto when it comes to growing your business. I mean, right. that, that sparkle, if you will, in other people. Right. Yes. Now. And that's, well, but, but that's what the sparkle factor is for me. It's really unleashing that kind of mojo making, can't stop me greatness that's deep down inside of every company and every person that works at every company. And yet we, we like to hide that because again, we don't listen, we don't show up for people and we don't, we don't want people to succeed. I mean, really like ask yourself, do you really want everybody running to succeed or do you want to be the one that's succeeding? 
right? I only succeed when everybody else around me is successful. That's my, but again, I come out of the entertainment world where if I was the only dancer on the stage, the lighting guy was making me look good. Thank God for my customer. They were hiding some flaw or whatever. Like the music, if it went too fast or too slow, was going to like, you know, torpedo what I was doing. So I come out of that kind of concept of collaboration and team building to be successful. But I think the other thing is I start every day asking myself two questions that are not what anybody else asks, I don't think. Which is, most people are like, what do I have to get done today? Or, um, and it's, but my two questions that I start with every single day are what could I do today that would bring me a sense of meaning and purpose? What's one thing I could do that would bring me a sense of meaning and purpose? And that's about fulfillment, well-being, all that thing. Then the second question is, what are the two most important things I can do today that would have the greatest impact? That's actually about the mattering that's not just on the surface. And then from there, when I know what those things are, guess what? Those design my day. And then all the other little to-dos that, you, that you're keeping, you know, that little ticker tape we talked about earlier, then I figure out if I have time for those or not. Right. But without those two pieces, nothing else that I'm doing is mattering in the world. Oh, I love that. Um, I know you have, you ha you're known also as um, putting on the Verve, which is yes. an annual yes. event. Um, and you've got some things that you're doing also to shake things up when it comes mm -hmm. to that because mm -hmm, COVID. Um, yes. <laughs> about what that is, who it's for, yep. and then how people can get in touch with you to learn more about, you know, all of your amazingness. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. I have a first, just go visit SuzanneCastle.com. Cause I mean, I know everybody says that, but like, seriously, I put together, there's three or four resources. If you go to SuzanneCastle.com slash free, when Kat and I talked, there's workbooks and resource. We're not talking about like the 10 top tips that other little lead magnets. No, 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 no. These are literal workbooks. I sell them all the time. I've made them free because you're listening to this. And as my thank you to Kat, thank you, Kat, for having me on. And they will help you with some of the things. There's, there's a question guide, like what to ask in a meeting when you show up, all those kinds, how to collaborate better as a leader, et cetera. It's all there for you. Please go download it. You just give me your email so I can zoom over the PDF to you. That's it. And while you're there, you can see what Verve is. This is the third annual Verve event that I'm working on. There will be a virtual option this year and an in-person because I really believe in-person magic is the way to go. But, you know, not everybody's ready for that or can come. And and it is designed, I, while I work with all kinds of people and structures, it's designed for ladies only. So, guys, sorry, but you might know a girl boss that needs to be in the room, right, or come to the virtual event. Every but what, should know a girl boss. That's well. <laughs> I mean, yes, right. And and what it is is to connect other lady bosses to each other that are doing amazing things in the world. And then together we work on a roadmap to get you through the next quarter in that amazingness. So we work on values clarification and making sure that your leadership is reflecting your values mm -hmm. and not the other way around. We work on what it does look like to show up in your business and how you do lead a collaborative team. Even as a solopreneur, you have people and contractors you work with and how you can better collaborate. And and then there's other people that are in there pouring into you. So it really is, it's not just me talking like this. You're literally doing the work in the room that then you can take out of the room that next day and start running right then. Right. Beautiful. Um, so those are going to be in the show notes for you guys to be able to go and check out and click. So SuzanneCastle.com, it spelled exactly as it sounds, yes. <laughs> um, forward slash free, or you can go and poke around on the website. Um, any parting words that you want to share with, you know, people listening right now that, you know, really you wish that you had heard probably sooner in your life, in your career? Yes. So my tagline, and I don't want to like be so trite, but seriously, I wish that someone had said to me early on, 
that stuck is not a destination. Mm. And, and yet we live our life like it is. Um, and, inst- and instead said to me and shook me by the shoulders and said, stuck is never the furthest you can go. So what can you do in this moment to not be stuck? And I wish someone had said that to me. So really everybody listening, watching, whatever, however you're consuming this media, please don't stay stuck. And if it's not me or Kat or someone, find someone that will come alongside you and help you design a way out of whatever it is you're going through. Oh, beautiful. I love that. It's really a great way to reframe how to get into action and really achieve more than what you see in front of you. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Kat, you're amazing. (laughs) Thank you. And guys, make sure again to check out the show notes and visit SuzanneCastle.com forward slash free.